From three and six at the bye to a trip to Detroit to face Jared Goff and the Lions on Super Wild Card Weekend. Can you believe it? Here we are with a bonus playoff edition of Rams All Access to Marco Farr and JB Long. No, I'm on overload, man. This is too much. This is too much. I still can't believe that the Rams are going back to Detroit to play Jared Goff with Matthew Stafford. That That's weird. And then three coaches step down in the same week? What is going on in football? What happened? No Saban, no Carroll, no Belichick? Unbelievable. Bananas. Yes, nuts, nuts. This is almost way too much. I mean, this is the richest matchup I've dug into since at least the Super Bowl. And Rams-Bengals was terrific. I'm not sure it had as much meat to it as even this one does. And then you're right, the coaching carousel starts spinning. Both of those teams, by the way, Seattle, of course, in the division. Yeah. And New England are on the Rams' 2024 schedule. So when we go to Foxborough next year, it will not be Brady, it will not be Belichick, and I won't know what planet I'm on. You know, I was just grabbing coffee down the hall, and, and some of the players, the current guys, were in there. And up on the screen, it says Belichick and New England part ways after 24 years years and they're going about their day they got Detroit to worry about but I want to grab them by the ears and say look up can you believe this is happening right this is unbelievable like I cannot believe this is really going down but it is um can't wait for kickoff really excited unbelievable can't wait to talk about the game what else did you find out besides just the game is there any other connections to this game something I didn't know about Rams and Lions yeah yeah oh yeah it's it's the Jake McQuaid revenge game the Jake McQuaid revenge game really and the Josh Lions? Reynolds and Josh Reynolds Re- Okay, that one I get, but the Jake McQuaid... Or how about Aubrey Pleasant? Is there a more important figure in this matchup than the Rams' defensive backs coach, both in terms of matching up with Amon Ross St. Brown and Jared Goff in the passing attack, but also he went to Detroit, and it did not go well. It didn't end well. It did not end well. You know, I never asked him. I talked to him pregame just about every single week. We have great conversations. I never asked... I I said when I saw him, I'm happy you're back, but I never asked him about what happened in Detroit. I usually ask with, with players i asked that of john johnson the third hey what happened in cleveland and they'll tell me i never asked what happened in detroit with rb pleasant i want to know i i'm dying to know so yeah that that factors in both secondaries are kind of vulnerable when you think about it totally i I think russian cover is always the story of professional football but maybe more so than ever in this matchup and there's a lot to dig into i cannot wait to talk offense against defense for the rams defense against offense for the rams and so much more um but how about the fact that as that coaching carousel is spinning ben johnson offensive coordinator for the lions and raheem morris defensive coordinator for the rams are two of the most popular candidates what better job interview then Sunday primetime playoff football. Uh, oh my God. Uh, is that tattooed on my It's so Doesn't wild. Doesn't it make the hair on your neck stand up? It like, this does. Is, it's amazing. This right? is so much more than a wild card game. Uh, so, there's so much on this football game, but it is it is just a game and it's for the Lombardi. It's, it's to move on. But there's so many storylines going on in this game. So, you know, look, may the best team win. I hope it's the Rams. We'll see. But, you know, after Sunday... Things will be a whole lot different for one side or the other. It's crazy. Do you think we can go this whole first segment without talking Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff? You, uh, should we try? Well, I mean, I, or should look, we just get to it? Right I don't here? think we, we look. Everyone else has. I'm sure we can use ten minutes without talking about him going back to Detroit. But it is the story, though. Okay, let's take you inside the Rams facility. I don't know if you remember. I'm sure you do. But two years ago, when Von Miller helped get the Rams on their Super Bowl course, yeah, yeah, yeah. with OBJ. Remember that kind of like replica, I don't know if it was paper mache or tinfoil Lombardi trophy that he put right in the center of the Rams locker room? Oh, yeah. And said, visually, this is the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had won one. Yeah. 
he wanted the Rams to have their eye on the prize. Guess what happened this week? The real Lombardi Trophy from Super Bowl 56 found its way to the middle of the Rams facility. And what I love about that is because you've been sitting here and you've been dealing with me doing this since, what, the bye week at three and six. And you've been nice enough not to roll your eyes, but at three and six when I'm saying – Everybody, just hang in there one more week. See yeah. if they can come back and beat the Seahawks. We kept saying, see no if, one's let go of the rope. See yeah. if like six and two are better as possible. Turns yeah. out it's seven and one after the bye. Yeah. And then somewhere in December, I'm like, you know what? That's not good enough either. Six and two, seven seed, that's not good enough. Set your sights higher. Beating hope, the Niners. Hope that San yeah. Francisco is there for you to go beat. Maybe you yeah, can get yeah. their one seed. Now they got clinched. You couldn't take their one seed from yeah. them. But here we are again. Now that you're in, I will not settle for, and I don't think anyone in the Rams facility should settle for, having eyes on a prize any lower than the Lombardi Trophy. Why not? Um, It used to be taboo to think about such things. I mean, coaches would go out of their way not to mention it. Because it flies in the face of one game at a time? But, sure. You, you want to think about the next rep, the next practice, the plane ride, then the game, and do that. No one wants to put the cart ahead of the, the horse, so to speak. But I think in this day and age, with the way the players are now, I think putting a goal in mind and putting it in their mind in the locker room every day is the right thing to do, especially with a team like this. I think the team like this is exactly the right point. Yeah. And I think the way the schedule shaped up for the Rams, you can only appreciate in retrospect. What was their last? Lost to Marco. Their last loss. What? Who'd they lose to? Uh, the Rams. The Rams. The only loss since the bye. It was in overtime. Oh, the Ravens rainy. on a punt return. And they ended up as the one seed in the AFC. That's, right. Who, who's the one seed in the NFC? The, the the 49ers. Who you just beat? Who you just? And I know Brock Purdy wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. I know Christian McCaffrey didn't play, but they played more starters than the Rams did. I see where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying the Rams are a better team, a more accomplished team than the 49ers or the Ravens. Yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to make that case. But you tell me right here, right now, which of the other 13 teams in this playoff field would you not give the Rams a puncher's chance against in a four? Everybody. Game? Everybody. And that's the thing we said. I mean, and I think that's why it's important if you throw that Lombardi in the middle of the room. How many more do you need to become champion? Four. That's it. <laughs> Think about that. You need 16 quarters. You're showing Seabiscuit the finish line. All you got to do is outrun everybody else. And you were close to this team and that you just beat them. Why? Absolutely. Why, when you said Seabiscuit, did my mind populate Aaron Donald? Why? I miss Seabiscuit. Like, that's the championship. Oh, go get it. Thoroughbred racehorse that, like, I think of. See, that's funny. I was thinking, like, Darion Kendrick. But hold it together for four weeks. This is you. No, no, I'm thinking. Atwell. I'm thinking. (laughs) And I'm I'm a broken record. So, again, I apologize to people who listen to this show regularly. You only get so many more opportunities Uh, with Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald. There is no guarantee that you'll even be back in this dance next season. The number of games, the number of playoff opportunities that that nucleus has left, limited. Their days are numbered. Don't miss this opportunity. See, I'm glad you brought him up because that is a great point. If he just decides to be that guy... He's got another gear. For the next month. He's got a playoff gear. Don't I, tell me he doesn't. I, look, having a week off, I think, is going to be great for him. Like the other guy, the other psychopath we're going to talk about coming the other way, Hutchinson. Hutchinson? Oh my yeah, gosh. see, he's a momentum guy. So what? 11 and a half sacks looks great, right? He's got more sacks without games than sacks. Like, he got 11 and a half in seven weeks. He really had three in each of his last two games. So but he's, he's on, on a eater. roll. Yes. Right. So Aaron with the rest, great. He'll be at his, at his best. This guy is on a roll, and he's got their crowd noise. This is going to be fun. 
Yeah, yeah. This is going to be fun to watch either way. Okay, yeah. we're, we're almost there, so I think yeah. we can save Goff and Stafford for segment number two okay. and yeah, put yeah. some coaches in here. I love this head coaching matchup. I absolutely wish this was a five-game series because Dan Campbell was an NFL tight end for a yeah. decade, was an assistant coach for a decade. Sean McVay worked with tight ends for a little bit in Washington and then became the youngest head coach in the National Football League. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sean McVay was not a game below 500 <laughs> until week one against Buffalo after winning his first Super Bowl. That was the first time he was so much as one game below 500. Dan Campbell didn't get his first NFL win until game 12. He had a tie before yeah. he had a win in the National Football League as a head coach. Okay, yeah, so different experiences, but they're here they are together. Dan Campbell is the most aggressive fourth down coach in the league. What he did yeah. at Dallas was bananas. <laughs> borderline. Sean McVay. Borderline criminal, but I love it. Sean yeah. McVay still the youngest coach in the league, but one of the most old, old school in terms yeah. of his decision yeah, yeah, yeah. making. And how about this line? Who do you think of winning a fight? Oh. <laughs> Somebody's going to lose Depend, in here. Depends, it, just depends what weapons of choice they use. No doubt. This might be my favorite football line of all time. Yeah. Campbell, who's known for biting kneecaps, right? Like, yeah. you thought it could get any better than that or his coffee I've never heard someone say did bite you, a kneecap. Did yeah. you see what he said after after a 12th win? What? Describing his lines, he said, they're scarred to perfection. And we will be ready. Scarred to perfection. I understand How that. great is that? Yeah, I understand. They're tough. They're gritty. They're nasty. I mean, when you've been through it. Uh, look, I keep telling people, those training camps we went through with Vermeil, they were brutal, but we were scarred into greatness. We went through it all. There was nothing that we could see coming the other way that was going to scare us because of what we went through. I know exactly what he means. That's the scary thing. You gave him a football team. Talking about Campbell. Then you gave him a good one. Now he's in your way. Oh, that's a problem. Love it. But I feel confident about, about the guy we have on this side, too. Or how about the approach yeah. they took? Oh, yeah. Campbell, I think, had very slim odds at chasing that two seed. They needed Dallas to lose at Washington. It was the biggest spread of last week. He yeah. still went for it, played starters. Crazy. Probably, likely, lost his star tight end, Laporta, and Raymond, his reserve receiver yeah. rotation piece and electric return man which against the rams you know return guys matter oh boy so mcveigh says you know what six seven dallas detroit doesn't matter he pulls his starters mm -hmm. and they find a way to win anyway find a way to get to 10 so michael hoyt with the la baby oh yes sir <laughs> hey how great was that michael hoyt throwing it up yes sir <laughs> uh but of course yep the leading narrative this week what makes this game so special what makes it the hottest ticket of super wild card weekend is matthew stafford going back to detroit and jared goff hosting the first playoff game in ford field history the first for the lions in three decades he was not born the last time the lions hosted a playoff game wow can he get it done? Can he do the thing that Matthew Stafford was unable to do with lesser teams as a line? We'll hear from both of them next on Rams All Access 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
To the quarterbacks we go. Matthew Stafford playing in Motown for the first time since he was traded to the Los Angeles Rams at his own choosing. And Jared Goff, who went the other direction, was viewed as a bridge to the future. Except for Brad Holmes, who Mm. was part of the Les Snead front office. Shout out to Brad. Has done a phenomenal job with roster creation and has turned this Lions franchise around. Now they go head-to-head in primetime. Back with DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. They built Uh, a pretty good team up there, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, love I think their best is yet to come, too. Yeah, well, well, wait a minute. Hold on. I, I would hate to be the, the the spoiler, the ruiner of the party, but, you know, this is about to end Sunday, right? You know, Matthew Stafford is coming back up there to be a part of it and then end the party. Do you know the one this. thing he could not do. Oh, yeah. In a dozen years as a that's line. That's sad. I, that's so bad. What's that line from Batman? Do you live long enough to, to be the villain? Yeah. They, they haven't had a playoff game in 30 years, and you're going to be the one that puts the lights out. I, oh, my God. I was going to give yeah. you your choice of which quarterback you want to hear from first, but you set up Matthew Stafford yeah. so beautifully he has embraced the role of bad guy. I'm not expecting anything, to be honest with you. I was, I was asked this question um, a couple times, you know, just by friends and family. And I, I think the biggest thing for me is just go experience whatever that experience is going to be. I understand, um, you know, what the people of Detroit and what the city of Detroit meant to me in my time and my career, what they meant to my family. Um, I hope they feel that back. But at the same time, I'm not a stranger to the situation and understanding that I'm the bad guy coming to town. You know, I'm on the other team and, uh, you know, I, I, they don't they don't want success for me. So whatever happens, happens. Um, you know, I'm going to go experience it, play the game. Once the ball snap, man, let's go. Uh, let's go Two f- good football teams, go compete and see what happens. I hope it's, I hope he's the guy that puts the lights, a touchdown pass to end the football game with no time. The place goes dead silent. Wouldn't that be great? All you hear is the Rams screaming. That would be awesome. Coming up on four down territory, I'll ask Dan Miller, my counterpart with the Lions, what type of reception he's expecting at Ford Field on Sunday night for Matthew Stafford when he comes out of that visitor's locker room. My opinion, from hearing him, from studying this game, I don't think there's any pressure on Matthew. Emotions, sure. Distractions, pregame, sure. But he's already done the thing. He's already, he's already won four playoff games, and he's got a ring forevermore. I don't think this game weighs on him you know it it was funny i was in the locker room in san fran standing right by him he wasn't going to speak to the media and then all of a sudden he was and i just happened to be standing there and then it came up we talked about this before the game you may have to go back to detroit but it became real in that locker room in san fran right in santa clara and i'm standing right next to him and i said like wow that's going to be fun going back to detroit he goes yeah they haven't had a a playoff game there in like 30 some odd years Mm -hmm. like he's well aware of all this but it's like it's nothing for him it's just another game for him well he's unflappable in yeah, general yeah, yeah. right like you blow a 24 point lead in tampa bay against tom brady no flinch yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean that's what i love this guy yeah yeah uh on the other side of the equation is jared goff do you want do you want to say anything about jared first because i feel I'm like i'm trying I feel yeah like we already did some of this i'm glad that he already made his return to sofi that he has already played against the rams if this was the first time that had happened, it would be different. It's not. It's just he's now hosting in the postseason. But, like, anything about Jared that you want to say or get off your chest? I did, no, no, no. I, I, I've always liked Jared. I root for Jared. I do. So I do think I, we yeah. all do. We all root for Jared. Um, I'm glad we're playing him. When you think about it, I mean, of the quarterbacks that you could face, I'm glad that you have him because I think you know how to beat him. Okay, so he's had yeah. two great seasons. Yeah. Two great seasons. But you're saying in a one-game format, I'd rather deal with him and his arsenal than Dak and his. Correct. Or uh, Purdy and his. I'm watching or, video. Or even Hurts. As, as much of a tailspin as uh, the problem. Eagles are in right now, you would yes. rather say, 
I'll take I'll take the known commodity of Jared Goff and take my chances. Of the guys I want to fake uh, face week one, I mean, he would be on the short list. The other guys I would probably try to avoid as long as I could. But watching video on Jared, he is tremendous. That offense, I love that offensive line, run and pass, right? But watching Jared, as soon as he's pressured, he's got problems. Okay, you pressure hurts. That's just half of it. Now you got to get him on the ground. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. a different deal. So you know how to beat Jared. You know what Jared can and can't do. You know what he doesn't like. You know what I mean? If you get pressure all day, if Aaron comes to play, if Kobe Turner comes to play, Byron Young dials it up and has a day where he's just running by Decker and Sewell, right? You know there's not much Jared can do besides tuck and hope he doesn't get hit. You know what I'm saying? So I do know what you're saying. Of the saying. quarterbacks you want to face, yeah, you want to face a guy like Jared. And I'll play devil's advocate in just a second. Let's hear from Jared first. And I think when you hear his words, you'll understand why the weight of this game falls more on his side of the equation than Matthew Stafford's. Obviously, there's a personal connection there, and um, they're not just for me, but for a lot of our players and, and some of theirs as well. But um, no, I think you know I so badly want to win a game for this city and win a playoff game for the city that hasn't had one in so long. We had a home playoff game for the first time in so long, and um, that's so much more important than. Um, Anything personally for me, I want to be a part of this win and uh, do my job the best of my ability. Uh, The 29-year-old Jared Goff, born more than two years after the Lions won their last playoff game. That franchise is 0-7 in the postseason in his lifetime. So here's another career-defining opportunity for Jared. He did it at Cal. He did it in Los Angeles. He's done it in Detroit. You can't help but feel happy for him. But I want to pick up on the point that you made about interior pressure. I thought exactly the same thing when Mm -hmm. I found going to San Francisco. Part of the reason I wanted to win that game is because I thought exactly what you laid out moments ago. But I will say this. It made a big impression on me what Jared did last week against the Minnesota Vikings. You know why? Because the Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator is Brian Flores. Mm -hmm. Remember Brian Flores? Of course I do. Zero blitz guy. What tree did he he come off of? Zero. Yeah. The the zero blitz in Miami where Jared threw it to a D tackle. Yeah. I remember that. He's a Belichick guy. And if Belichick and and, and also like Fangio was kind of the downfall of that first iteration of the McVay-Goff offensive partnership. Then it came to its culmination, I think, in Miami in that game that you're talking about mm-hmm. in 2020 when Jared turned it over four times into a starting debut, a game the Rams had no business losing, but they lost it because of the quarterback play. And I felt, I'm sure you did too, talking to McVay in the aftermath of that game. That was the day. If it yeah. was, Maybe it was the beginning of the end, maybe the, the end of the end. I don't know what it was. But something changed. There. Oh, yeah. Something broke there, and it was a reprimand. You know, and you know, and you'll never get confirmation. But I feel the same way you you did about that, or you do about that. Absolutely. So yeah. he sees Flores again last week in mm-hmm. Week 18, and he chops it up. Well, he carves the Vikings. Okay, up. think about this, right? If, it, if pretend Jared is our quarterback again, and you think of an offense that makes him successful, what does it look like? What does it have to have? Great offensive line. Got that. Powerful running game. Got that, too. Good safety valve at tight ends. Great. Laporta. I hope he doesn't play. Yep. And some good receivers on the outside. And the biggest yards after catch gainer on the outside in the National Football League, Amon Ross St. Brown. You're not going to outthink Jared Goff. You're not going to intimidate Jared Goff. That's not going to happen. But if you blunt his running game, if you force the game onto him and you get pressure on him, that's how you beat him. But if they get going, if they start running the football and he has the, uh, the, the, the benefit of play action, he can turn his back on the defense, 
you've got no chance, almost no chance against Jared Goff. So let me get to that defensive pressure because obviously we've always said the Rams are uniquely equipped to puncture pockets because of the unique talent that is Aaron Donald. And we've already said that he's got another gear to get to. But for the first time in my time covering Aaron Donald, I wonder if there's another interior threat that alters or gives pause to that game plan whatsoever in Kobe Turner. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. It, you've, been, you've been the first, DeMarco, yeah. to put more on Kobe Turner than I, than I was willing to, but you yeah. were right. He's, he's Look, he's got everything you want as a D-tackle. I mean, just the way he's built and the things he can do and his mindset. Um, tremendous. So you could tell this guy's going to be something special. But make no mistake, his success is coming from the fact that he's playing next day. Well, hold on. I have a yeah, question yeah, about still, that. Still, yeah. So he f- a lot of his success is coming from that. Yeah. Kobe's got 22 pressures against double teams, according to Next Gen Stats. When I saw that, I was like, wait a second. Kobe's been double teamed? Mm-hmm. How is that even possible? Because if you put two on him and you put two on Aaron, then you've got one and a running back, yeah, yeah. one and a tight end to deal with the other two. Somebody should three? win. Yeah, somebody should How win. How is that possible? Well, okay, so, you know, when Aaron's out there with him, so Aaron's going to be, if they're playing both defensive tackle, this is just a quick explanation. Aaron's going to be in that three technique, that pass rusher role, which means Kobe Turner is going to be in the A gap. So he's going to get doubled off the snap, but that center is going to leave. So the center is. He, chipping him, uh, he's getting a touch on double, him and turning back to Aaron. You're going to double the 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 guy that's nearest to your quarterback. That's the a gap player. That's where Turner plays. So he's going to get hit by two guys. Now okay. it's not going to stay there because Aaron's over there. So what you're saying is that statistic or that analytic is not a true reflection of a pass protection set. How a quarterback, opposing quarterback, is setting his protection against a two defensive tackle. Yeah, look. that that those that the, there's one guy that on that double that's assigned to Kobe. The other, the center for the most part is Slowing going down. back towards Aaron. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to double you because that's my job and then my attention's going back to where 99 is. That being said, I did a little research this week. Yeah. Because I I'm resigned to the fact that Kobe probably got too late of a start and is not a big enough name to win NFL defensive rookie of the year. I hope I'm wrong. I will gladly retract that on a future show. But I will say to those who say, oh, well, he plays next to Aaron Donald. I went and looked at every year of Aaron Donald's career for the next highest sack total among interior defensive linemen. Was it Sue? Brockers. Nope. Who? Uh, Morgan Fox. Morgan Fox. Morgan Fox. Yeah. <laughs> Kobe Turner has nine sacks as a rookie. Morgan Fox career year came in 2020 on that number one rated defense with six. Not I, fair, though. I wouldn't say yeah. he, he's playing the same role. Morgan's off the bench to do one thing. Yep. Rush and come off. Brockers high was five. Yeah. And that's a first round pick out of LSU. Oh, yeah. Greg Gaines and Sue each had four and a half playing. So next don't to Aaron. get me wrong. I, I I don't want to diminish what Kobe's doing. Oh, he, I know you're not. He's phenomenal. So other guys have had the the same opportunity with an even better Aaron Donald. This is an older version. This is different, right? So mm-hmm. those gar- those centers were leaving immediately. So the same opportunities Kobe Turner had, Sue had, Brockers had, Morgan Fox had. Guys had opportunities to win. They just couldn't. This guy can. He's an issue. So. If this, if you're focusing so much attention on one guy and then the backside guy is winning, you're going to have to change your protection and fan out. Then it's one-on-one. Then you get after the quarterback. I hope that's what happens. Do you remember how the Lions-Rams game ended at SoFi Stadium a couple years ago when Goff and Stafford met for the first time? It felt like Goff was about to get some get back. Oh, yeah. He had them in game-winning touchdown position in the red zone, and then Aaron Donald got in his grill, yeah. and Jalen Ramsey picked it off at the goal line. Aaron is there this weekend. Mm-hmm. 
Jalen Ramsey is not. And so as we stand down here, we'll go to four down territory next and hear mm-hmm. from the Detroit Lions. But I want to finish with you with matchups to watch, men to watch, who could determine the outcome of this game. Let's get it. Can you slow down Amon Ross St. Brown? Can you deal with Josh Reynolds and this passing attack of the Detroit Lions, even if they don't have Sam Laporta at tight end? I think the secondaries of both these teams are unfortunately the weakness and where this game could be determined who's moving on to the divisional round. With DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long. Halfway home on this playoff edition of Rams All Access 710 ESPN. All right, hope you're having a good Friday evening. Thank you for spending part of it with us. It's Wild Card Weekend, the Los Angeles Rams and the Detroit Lions coming up on Sunday night. I'm JB Long. DeMarco Farr will rejoin us momentarily, but it's time for Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory. And we are privileged to have the sports director from Fox 2 in Detroit and the voice of the Detroit Lions, Dan Miller, with us. Dan is someone that I've always admired as a colleague in this business. And the stars align per- perfectly for us to reconnect this week as Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff collide. Dan, thank you for some of your time. I appreciate the kind words, JB. It's good to catch up with you, especially this time of year. It's, not, it's nice to still be playing. Oh, absolutely. I think two of the best stories in the National Football League, the Rams and the Lions. Uh, you've covered so much of Matthew Stafford's career. Tough to project, I'm sure, but pregame at least. Dan, what kind of reception do you think Matthew will get? Man, I, I don't know. I've been asked that question a lot this week. There's just there's such a uh, heightened intensity with these fans that it almost feels like anything wearing a Rams uniform is going to feel like the enemy. And let me say this, um, even if there's booing and my gut, it is, it'll probably be mixed at least at the beginning. Uh, Once the game starts, we know where everybody's going, but it's, it's, there's no animosity towards Matthew Stafford. Zero. The only reason that anybody re- would react that way is because this is a playoff game. Folks here have waited 30 years to have a game at home, 30 years to win a division, and he's wearing a Rams uniform. That's it. People here respect the heck out of Matthew Stafford. Many still just absolutely adore the guy and appreciate everything he did here, everything he endured here. And even when he left, I think most, if not everybody, understood why it happened. So, um, it, it's a strange situation because you would like to think that there'd be a celebration for him when he comes back, but you just can't have that in the playoffs. So um, believe me, there, there's a lot of love for Matthew in Detroit and always will be. It's just this night's a little bit different when you're talking about a playoff game that, that folks around here have not seen in a long, long time. Dan, do you have a favorite Stafford memory? Man, there's so many. I mean, I would say this just on a personal level. I, you know, because of our deal on the TV side, sat down with Matthew every Monday. And just uh, my, my personal memory would just be his professionalism and just the guy that he is and, and the way that through all the tough times he would sit down and, and he'd be very candid and we would talk. And, and Matthew, just like Jared now, man, if he told you he's going to be there at 1030, if he walked in at 1031, he'd apologize. And, and that always stood out to me as just, you know, the type of person that he is, the way that he conducts himself. He's a pro's pro. Um, you know, there's so many comebacks that, that come to mind for me with, with Matthew on the field. Um, memories of him, you know, just being basically broken out there and just willing himself to, to give this team a way to win. I think probably the Dallas game at, at there's, there's, I would say, and I'll give them to you quickly. Being down 27-3 to three at Dallas 
and coming back and winning that game. That's one. The Dallas game uh, at Ford Field where, where Stafford made two of the most amazing throws that you'll see on a final drive. And then when everybody thought he was going to spike it, he just took it over himself. <laughs> and then probably his game when he touched down pass against Washington when we came from behind to beat them when Kirk Cousins was the quarterback of Washington at the time. And it looked like we had lost the game, but he just took the team right down the field and threw a game-winning touchdown pass. And it was just, I'm from Washington, so my phone immediately blew up uh, after that. And it was just, that, that was that was an emotional one for me, having grown up with that team and seeing Stafford be able to go in there and get that victory. So, man, I, I could go on because there's so many amazing things that he did here, you know, in difficult situations. But that that's, as you guys all know, that's who he is. He's a special guy and a special player. Yeah, part of the reason why Dan Miller is the perfect guest for Four Down Territory this week. He's covered Stafford's career. Now he's working with Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. He's the voice of the Lions and also the sports director uh, on Fox there in the Motor City. Next question is about Jared. And I appreciate so many things about Jared and his career, even going back to his college days. He is a turnaround artist. I, I think that reputation is well-deserved, and I think his character is unique suited to it. But as I study him, Dan, I want to get your perspective on what's really improved against pressure in particular. Uh, When I see what he did against the Vikings last week, and especially against that defensive coordinator, I think that was part of his downfall as a Los Angeles Ram, like not being able to handle zero blitz and Brian Flores against the Miami Dolphins and the Bill Belichick tree. So it's poignant to me that he seems to have correct some of that as recently as last week. Where does the truth lie in terms of Goff's progression going up against interior pressure in particular? Well, I think there's so much trust now between Jared and that offensive line that they've built around him. That offensive line is the face of this team. That's where they put so many of their assets. That's what gives them confidence. That's what gives Jared confidence. That's what's given this team the best running game they've had by far, not even close uh, since Barry. I mean, they they were decent last year really good this year uh and you can go back if you want to talk about what stafford dealt with 12 and find mostly running games that were graded out in the mid to high 20s um so i i there is a confidence factor with jared right now there's a trust in the weapons that they've given him they've certainly given him a lot to work with so i think he feels like with ben johnson he's got somebody that they're on the same page He knows that Ben's going to give him something to work with with every look that the defense gives him. He trusts it. He finds it. And that's that's the biggest thing that we've seen with him. And, uh, you know, I'll say this. Look, when when the Lions have been in trouble, it's when Jared's been a little bit loose with the football. Now, it's not always his fault. There's obviously, you know, the receiver's got to be in the right place. Sometimes he's taking a hit. Uh, But if you look back over an 8-2 and finish last year in a 12-5 and season this year when the Lions have lost, and turnover issues now that's not a huge revelation it's the biggest indicator of winning and losing in this league but when jared is right and jared is secure with the football this is a tough team to beat and they usually maximize their possessions when they're not able to do that if he gets a little bit rattled or makes a mistake that's usually when this team's in trouble but look we've seen incredible growth jared got here there was nothing to work with when this team uh, started over and, and broke it all down in 2021. He endured all that. He fought through all that. He finally helped them find a way to win a couple games. One and six start last year. Nobody blinked, and then they finish eight and two. So um, people here respect the heck out of what he has been through and come out the other side. 
Everybody knew what the reputation was when he got here. There were massive questions about whether or not he was even a starting quarterback still in this league. And he's answered those questions and and been, you know, very much a a significant, huge part of this resurgence in Detroit, playing, in my opinion, the most important position in all of sports. Dan Miller, our guest, Lions expert on Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory. It's Wild Card Weekend, L.A. and Detroit on Sunday night. Final question has to do with the defense, and I want to separate, you know, perception from reality with respect to how the Lions have struggled with elite receivers, uh, Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, over the last couple of weeks. But I understand it's kind of been a season-long thing, and yet when I see what C.D. Deuce is doing, when I see what Melifonwu has done for your back end. Is this Lions defense really as susceptible to Matthew Stafford's surgery as maybe it was as recently a month ago? You know, that's a good question, and I think that's one of the key things you have to watch in this game because you're right. We've been lit up over the last three weeks by Jefferson twice and by Lamb uh, in Dallas. And the biggest thing that I look at in this game is the matchup between Matthew and that offense with Nakua, with Cooper, with all the weapons that he has, their ability to run the ball as well, but but more so concentrating on the passing, our issues right now with giving up big chunk plays in the passing game. And yeah, we just got Gardner Johnson back last week. Melifonwu has kicked in and started playing here in the past month, five weeks. So it's a defense that is evolving. It's a defense that was supposed to look a lot different. Obviously, Gardner Johnson was supposed to be here all year. Emmanuel Mosley was supposed to be cornerback, too. uh, But he got hurt as soon as he returned to the team, unfortunately. So they've had to really rearrange something. They're struggling right now at that second cornerback position. They've been through Jerry Jacobs, been through Khalil Dorsey, now sitting on Kendall Vildor. And uh, teams have gone after that. So I I think it's a great conversation piece and thing to look at that you brought up here in this game. And I think it's going to be one of the massive keys. Can they get Stafford and that offense off the field? Because that's going to ultimately be something that tells the tale here. Because look, I've been around Matthew. I know what, how confident he gets when he sees a defense that he thinks he can light up. They got to find some way to take some of that confidence away. They've got to start with the front. Those guys have to make them uncomfortable Aiden Hutchinson needs some help. You know what you're going to get out of him. It's got to be other guys that step up. So, um, look, I, I don't have a definitive answer for you other than that is an area of concern for this team. It's the Rams' strength. It's our weakness, and we got to see how that plays out. Dan Miller, voice of the Detroit Lions, kind enough to join us this week for a preview of Wild Card Weekend. As I said, Dan is one of the voices that I really admire in this league, someone I love to study, uh, even when we're not going head-to-head against the Lions as the Rams are this week. So, Dan, thank you for stopping by. I look forward to being at Ford Field with you. I cannot imagine what that atmosphere is going to be like in a couple of days. It's going to be fun. I appreciate it very much, JB. Thank you, and uh, always good catching up. All right. DeMarco Farr rejoins us with final thoughts on the matchup after this. You're listening to 710 ESPN. No. (laughs) I was answering your question from the last segment. Which was? Uh, Can you cover Amon St. Brown? Amon Ross St. Brown. Can you cover Josh Reynolds? Can you cover Laporta? No. Okay, so real quick, what I love about St. Brown, and what I mean is I love and I fear, 
That guy carries a chip on his shoulder and a grudge like very few others can. Do you remember Cortland Finnegan? Yes. Put that at receiver. Really? That's the is that same what it guy. is? Yeah, just you're mad at the world and I don't know why. This summer yeah. on Hard Knocks, the guy recited the other 16 receivers taken ahead of him in yeah. his draft class. Now, I think it's cool because Puka was the 20th receiver mm-hmm. taken in this class. And guess who beat out Amon Ra for a Pro Bowl nod? Puka. See, so That's this guy's thing. got an axe to grind, and he's good. He's good to boot, and now he's mad. He's good to oh boot, and he's mad. And Laporte's targets may be there for the taking. Yeah, yeah. So this is the guy you have to stop, Demarco. How do you stop? I have Amon never rooted for Brown? a guy to, to stay injured in my life. I, I want you to be at your best when you know the teams are playing. Either I'm on him or covering. I hope Laporte is out because he is a serious issue. I mean, really, he makes Jared Goff feel like. Protected. I can always dump it to him. And the Rams have had trouble defending tight ends this year. They've been one of the most tight end deficient defenses in the league. No doubt. And but he just gets Detroit out of issues. He gets Jared Goff out of sticky situations where he can dump the football immediately when there's pressure. So if that's not there, you may force him to hold it. Then you got a good, you know, you got a good second on Jared Goff to go after him. But Amon uh, Amon Ross Saint Saint Brown, there's no way you can cover him one on one. I don't care who you have outside of. Four guys in the league. One of them you just mentioned in Jalen Ramsey. There's no way you'll be able to cover that guy up man for man. Not even zone coverage. He's going to eat there. Okay. So maybe you have to keep up with him in the passing game and in the scoring column, which I think Matthew Stafford and the Rams are equipped to do. Let's finish with some matchups to watch or some men to watch. When we fly home on Sunday night, who are the people, who are the leading characters outside of the quarterbacks who you think are going to decide this outcome? Okay, so this is weird. So we're on the plane ride coming home. If we're talking about guys, if we're talking about Matthew Stafford, that's great. If we're talking about Kyron Williams, that's awesome. That probably means the Rams have won. If we're talking about Aaron Donald being Aaron Donald, that means the Rams did win the football game. If we don't mention Alaric Jackson or Rob Havenstein, yep, both on my list, the Rams won the game because that means they would have blocked Aiden Hutchinson. Right. And it's not just them. He's going to line up on both those tackles. He's a defensive end. He lines up just about anywhere. But like I said, he is on a roll. He's at home. It's going to be a raucous atmosphere. Yep. He is what Byron Young should be if the if SoFi was that crazy. Like, he's going to get off the rock immediately. So, yeah, those two tackles or the offensive line versus that guy in particular. That's my matchup. An edge rusher in a silent count situation, a New Orleans Superdome type of environment is daunting. But what does – here, what's the one thing that gives you pause when you think about that? Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay are used to that. Oh, yeah. They've been doing silent count probably more than anyone in the league. Oh, yeah. So crowd noise, it's going to be loud, but they are used to handling that sort of situation. Can I sell you on another one? Go ahead. Ernest Jones. Because when I think about getting pressure up the middle, I think about a middle linebacker who plays on both sides of the football as well as any. Yeah. And I think having an extra week off puts him in physically as good a place as he's been. And if you're dealing with Kobe and if you're dealing with Aaron and you're trying to negate interior pressure up the middle against Jared Goff, who's less than mobile, what if you fire Ernest Jones? What if you send him? Because that's what Raheem Morris likes to do. And yeah, that's a great way to do it. And their backs are good. Uh, They're decent blockers, but he's got the advantage. He may be able to roll over them and get pressure on the quarterback. And here's the one problem, and I love it, um, but I got to give Ragnow his his credit as a center. He is really good at making linebackers look average, like he can get to you in a hurry. So this will be a battle. They like to run it. 
He likes to come up and hit. They're a lot like the Rams. But definitely, if you get him in third and long situations, send that middle backer if you can. Top five graded run blocking unit in the oh. National Football League. So I mean Ernest in that respect too. Like, can you yeah. win up front on early downs to put Jared in some and long situations? But then if you do, especially with that dangerous tight end out of the Ross out of the lineup, if we think that's going to be the case with Laporta, yeah. to me, uh, Ernest Jones is going to be freed up to fire. I know their O line coach. He used to be in St. Louis, Hank Fraley. He told me he called Ragnall. What was his name? Uh, Deputy Gerard from that movie The Fugitive. Oh. He always gets his man. That guy, like no matter what, his responsibility, he will find a way to get to the guy he's supposed to every single time. When I Give think him back to respect. the list of things we yeah. discussed earlier that Jared Goff needs or wants to succeed, a dominant center. A great center. A, a super processing center is, is one of those Well, there's too. no excuses. You've got everything you need for him to be successful. The only problem is we've got the antidote against just about anybody. In Aaron Donald. I've got two more for Go ahead. Cooper Cup has only had to play about 60 snaps since the win over New Orleans. I think that bodes well. For a guy who's been rehabbing for over a year, Yeah, he's had to play the, the equivalent of one game in New York since Christmas. I think his best is ahead of him. I hope so. I think so. his best this season is ahead of him. If he goes triple crown, Super Bowl MVP, playoff mode, Cooper Cup... I think that means good things for the Rams. I love Puka Nakua. You know, I think Puka is going to factor into this game. But Puka got the Rams here. I think from here the Rams go as far as Cooper Cup takes them. So Aaron Glenn is also on that bench, right? And he's a guy that's Aaron rumored Glenn, for jobs. defensive coordinator for the uh, Lions, against whom Cup and McVay have had a lot of success. So make or break for him to get into that head coaching carousel, right? Yeah. Okay, so you tell me which guy you double. Uh, you tell me. I mean, do you double Puka Nakua? He's a pro bowler. You have to. He will flat kill you if you don't, which means you are disrespecting Cooper Cup on the other side or vice versa. If you double Cooper Cup, which I would do because I trust that, then you're leaving yourself open for a big game from Puka Nakua. I just think when the going gets tough, when the decibels spike, yeah. when the game's on the line, we all love Puka. Matthew loves Puka. Sean loves Puka. But where's that football going? To Cup. Ten. Oh, absolutely. Nine I know. That's what I'm Nine saying. Nine and dime with your season on the line. To play next week. See, and I would trust that if I'm if I'm Aaron Glenn, I would say the same thing, and then Puka, I bet beat you, burns wow. you in the corner, no doubt. Yeah. Um, okay, here's my last one. Brett Maher. You had to bring it up, didn't you? I that tried was not such to. Such a good day right now. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the Rams go back to their veteran kicker with whom they started the season. Yep. I think that's the right move. I think that's the right move. But missed an extra point, and when I say he, I mean the entire unit. Long snapper, holder, pass pro, all that. Missed an extra point last week. And Maher's one season, one postseason removed from an epic meltdown in Tampa Bay. Look, the Cowboys hell, kicker. you know this as a football team. You know what the situation is as well as we do. You can't let it come down to that, period, end of story. Coaching, playing-wise, everything. And if yet, it comes you know down this to that, game, it, yeah. you know this game, it's coming down to but, that. But it cannot. It's coming down to that. It cannot. It can't. And if it does, then... It's on you, not them, not him. You will not be surprised to see Matthew Stafford with 56 seconds and no timeouts needing to drive 35 to 40 yards to get Brett Maher into potential game-winning field goal range this Sunday night. You won't be surprised. I won't be surprised. How far did you say? 30 to 45? Matthew, yeah. Then get it. Then make sure you go 50. Just like the situation like yeah. last week in San Francisco where Sam Darnold was asked to do that. None of us would be surprised if that's a situation facing either one of these teams. Yeah, yeah. But it's been pointing to this for 
months, DeMarco. It's, it's been pointing to how far can your kicker take you. If it's a miracle pass from Stafford or a kick on the edge of 50, I'm going with Stafford's arm. I am too. To win the game. And I will say that I, I do think Sean McVay is going to go into this as aggressively as any point we've seen him in his career. I think he's determined not to let the kicker win or lose the game. I think he wants to ride or die with the right arm of Matthew Stafford and good on him. But you can't tell me the kicker isn't going to factor into this. I'm hoping. Lions kicker missed one last week, too, for what it's worth. We had such a fun show until you brought that up. The Niners again. The Niners kicker missed an extra point for the first time this season last week. I'm thinking puppies. Happy puppies. It always feels worse when you're closest to it, but... um, No doubt. This is going to be fun, man. Oh, I'm geeked. Let's go. I'm, I'm bummed we can only play it once. <laughs> right. It's that type of game. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, safe travels and have a great weekend, everyone. For those of you joining us in Detroit, going to be a blast. For those of you listening back home, cannot wait to speak to you from Ford Field. First time in three decades that the Lions have hosted a playoff game. And for only the second time in the franchise's history, they'll go head to head in the playoffs with the Rams. For Adam Bronstein, our producer, for DeMarco Farr, I'm JB Long. Thank you as always for being with us for Rams All Access on 710 ESPN.